Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Pure Nintendo Podcast. This is your weekly dose of all things Nintendo. My name is Gemma, and joining me this week, I have my two good friends. I have Trev. Welcome back, Trev. Good evening, Gemma. Or good morning, I guess, for you. <laughs> good afternoon, is- whenever you're listening. <laughs> salutations. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. <laughs> and joining me again this week, I have Kirk. Welcome back. Hello. I'm going to stick with simple hello, so we don't need to worry about where... Anyone's I was, I was, listening. yeah. I was highly anticipating what what would uh, what your greeting would be. <laughs> so thank you. The greetings, the toughest part. It is honestly, it is. Yes, I agree. Um, but thank you, listeners, for joining us. We have a big show for you again this week. We're going to talk about the game awards that are coming up. We're going to talk about the new Atari Fifty collection that was announced, plus the level five showcase, as well as a touch on holiday deals again from last week. And then, of course, the games we're playing. We have a pretty long list there, a pretty healthy list, I'd say. So <laughs> let's kick things off with the game awards. And I wanted to ask you guys: Do you know a lot about the game awards in general? Like it's an annual event, right? And it's been going, I think, about ten years or so. Has it been that long? I think so. Twenty fourteen, right? That shows you how long I've been with Pure Nintendo. Because I'm like, I don't remember that prior to Pure Nintendo, but I joined Pure Nintendo in twenty thirteen. So that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. Is it a huge deal for the gaming industry, in your opinion? What do you think? Well, here's the thing. I've never actually like watched in in full mm-hmm. so for me i can't say it is but the fact that like even nintendo has done like some like unveilings in association with the show i think it's mm-hmm. i think it's getting bigger i i have to say seems to be yeah they've dropped a few trailers like that we've like surprise trailers right in previous years i think mm. Mm. yeah so that tells me yeah. it's bigger than you know than than i personally think it is Mm. Do you watch it, Kirk, usually? Can I tell a quick tangential story to explain why you... I don't watch it? <laughs> sure, yes. I would love that, please. <laughs> when I was a child in 1982 or 83, all the way back then, the movie <laughs> Tron, which I guess this is kind of game-related because we associate Tron with games, right? Mm-hmm. The, the original fine. Tron was nominated for Best Costume Design, and nice. it lost to Gandhi. Okay. The designs in Tron, those intricate electric kind of designs with the colors and and, and all that lost Mm -hmm. to a bunch of people basically in togas. And as a 12-year-old child, I was devastated that my movie didn't win and swore off all award everything for the rest of my life. So I don't follow the game awards. I don't know anything about them. I don't even know who's running them because I don't care. Plus, I also think that they are, uh, they're just clickbait. It's just a chance for everybody yeah. to get on and scream because this wasn't nominated or this was, or in fact, that's, uh-huh. there's controversy this year, right? Yes, there is. Because uh, one of the nominees is Dave the Diver, which, you know, I was like, oh, that should definitely be nominated. But it was nominated for best indie title. And people are up in arms because apparently they think it's not, it doesn't qualify as an indie title. Uh, which I hadn't really considered. I guess I didn't know that much about it. I just assumed it was an indie title, and I think it it is. And and the the sort of uh, what would you call him, Jeff Niley? What is he? The showrunner? Is he the owner of the Game Awards? I don't know what his title officially is, but he's the person behind it all. And he's defended it, saying you know indie means a lot of different things to different people, and there's no sort of yeah. 
yeah, very convenient for him to be able to make that claim. Who who published yeah. it? Who, who developed it? What what's why why the controversy? It was well, I think the controversy is that it was the developer is a small studio, but I think it's owned by a bigger studio from what I've from what I read. Which then begs the question, you know, because is indie associated by by team size or is it by mm. budget? Because if mm. these are a small team but they're getting financed with big bucks, then I can see the dilemma, you know. Yeah. Because you think about it in, in terms, maybe our listeners know, traditionally, when you think of first party, you don't just think of Nintendo developed games. You think of games Nintendo has also published. And it's not mm-hmm. necessarily games that they're making, but they're financing them. They're covering the promotional aspects, things mm-hmm. like that. Does the same rules yeah. apply with indie games? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a yes or no, but I think it's a it's a fair discussion, definitely. Yeah, I agree. So I think the team is small, and I do believe their budget was also small, but they do belong to a big publisher. So I think that's the controversy. But I don't know, like only the, the teams involved would know how much help they had or money was given to them. And, yeah, there is no, like, I'm not, you know, there's no money limit to say if it's below this amount it's an indie game or if it's above it's not so it's tricky i don't know it's certainly and i think it looks like an indie game like that's what people that's what everyone expects right it's it looks very indie and it's done very well and well again as a nintendo player i I remember like back with like the wii u and nintendo wouldn't even i remember it was big news i think we actually were the first to to unveil it when they started giving licenses to people who would be working basically out of their garage or out of their basement. Because mm-hmm. prior they used to have needed like their own office space. So in my mind, I'm like, ooh, indies are like one guy in a garage, you know, yeah. or are yeah. these a team of people that are a subsidiary of a bigger company? Like it's, you could probably ask 10 gamers and get seven or eight different answers, honestly. Mm-hmm. That is true. But I think team size and budget, I think, are, are two key things. Yeah, I, w- I would yeah. think. Indie, I mean, because it's going to mean independent. So in my mind, mm-hmm. it's it's more like we don't have financial backing from someone else to do this game. We're kind of doing it on our own time, mm-hmm. and then they may find a publisher later. But it, I mean, it, if it is ambiguous, then I think it would be up to this Jeff fellow to say, okay, well, here's how we're defining it, as opposed to saying. Mm-hmm can mean anything to anyone because you haven't defined it and now you get to decide what games fit into that category every single year without any yeah. rhyme or reason to it so um you know mm-hmm. again not that i care that much just looking at <laughs> from the standpoint of the controversy I, I think they should at least define what to them classifies as indie so going forward then nobody's getting all up in arms about it yeah i agree i think a, a definition would make sense in that regard yeah, and I feel, you know, I feel for the, the team. I mean, obviously it's going ahead. They're not going to retract it at this point. That would be unfair as well, I suppose. But, yeah. you know, how would you feel if you were this, you know, the team who made this great game and it's done very well and it's been successful, got great reviews, and then now there's this controversy. It, I mean, it might help even push the game sales, <laughs> to be honest. So maybe it's a good oh, thing. Oh, no, it will. Any, any news, I think. You know, that's the old axiom. Any news is, is good news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially on Switch where games, you know, if you don't catch them on release day, they get buried 
<laughs> in the e-shop and then you never see them again. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you, you are right though about, you know, your analogy, Trev, people in a garage, like the people that I've spoken to, like at Pax, for example, you know, it's like one or two people. It's like a very small team and they, some of them, it's not even their full-time job. They just do it on the side. They're trying to break into the industry and they're making these great games. Like that's indie, right? But I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like think of us. I mean, we are an independent Nintendo magazine. We all have day jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, what would happen true. if we started getting, you know, funding from <laughs> Nintendo? <laughs> Put out your content, but we want to make sure, you know, your reviews uh, meet our criteria. Or we want to make sure we have edit- editability over your interviews. You know, we can redact questions we don't like. <laughs> yes. That it's a fair conversation. Like it. it is. And yeah, I, I it is. For people probably on, on either side, especially yeah. in passion run high, but it's mm. one of those, there's just no definitive answer that I know of a consensus yeah. on what constitute an indie. And I mean, I don't know the details, but what if that studio was independent and they were bought and like during development, for example, and I don't know if that's the case, but you know, that means they were definitely indie and now they've kind of almost made it, but their game that they are working on is still their baby kind of thing, you know, like it's still, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> so. But you know what that's getting like, you know, like, and maybe you guys would know, I mean, holidays approaching, you ever do like those secret Santas and they're like, Oh, don't spend more than $15. And then there's that one guy that spends like 75, 80 bucks. He's like, Oh, I couldn't help it. This was perfect for you. Is that the, is that the equivalent with these games? You know, it's like, Oh, we're going to give you an extra, you know, $20,000 to just polish it up or whatever. I don't know. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Good holiday analogy there. (laughs) It's an analogy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the good thing about- like Joe, sorry, it sounds like Trevor about the uh, Secret Santas. He, <laughs> he didn't get that guy. He always got someone else. Someone who spent less than those fifteen. They yeah. spent five. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you know, that's not me, Kirk. But <laughs> I wanted to do an analogy with Tron. Yeah, I was going to say at least uh, Bruce Boxleitner. I think he got an award <laughs> with Babylon Five. They beat Star Trek. They got like a Hugo or whatever. Does that help? That does. That does. And at least we know that uh, whatever this controversy is, it's not as bad as Gandhi winning best costumes over Tron. So all the developers can settle down and look back to yeah. 1982 for the real, the real <laughs> catastrophe in the awards industry. What was yeah. the budget for Gandhi versus Tron? No. <laughs> I love that Tron was an 80s movie, so they weren't using you know flash computer graphics to make their costumes look good. It would have been actual costumes, right? It would have been they would oh, have yeah. had. Oh yeah, yeah, they did this again. I don't. They they filmed the whole thing in black and white, and then they went in like frame by frame, I believe, and kind of colored in those lighting effects to to make it look like they were glowing. I mean, it was a very old school Disney approach to creating something cool looking. Wow, well, you know, wasn't there too like when there was like where there were deficiencies on the negative or whatever? They had like this kind of flash effect that they like wrote into the script. So it like made sense to kind of kind of hide whatever. (laughs) And Uh, then over on Gandhi, they just threw sheets on top of everybody and said, go stand here. Yeah. Yeah. But it was Egyptian cotton. You know how many, uh, you know, fabrics or threads were in there. (laughs) At least a thousand, at least a thousand. (laughs) Yes. What were we talking about again? I forget. (laughs) 
the game awards. How about but the just games to, that, uh, oh, go, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was probably going to say the same thing. The same, it's not, it's our show, it's our show. I was probably going to say the same thing that you were, that there are some nominees that we're very interested in. Nintendo has received quite a few this year, which is great. So Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Wonder, Pikmin 4. Uh, I probably missed someone that was have I, but they're all, I think, and, you know, Zelda and Mario, for example, I think they've been nominated for a bunch of different categories like game of the year. I think Mario's like family game of the year or something like that. Tears of the Kingdom has best art direction, game direction, score and music, a lot of categories, which is really, really cool. And uh, there's a really good chance that, that one of those will do well, at least I think. And uh, what's Pikmin for best family and best sim strategy, which is really good. Even was uh, Fire Emblem up there, I think, was that there or not? Just trying to think now, looking at the I list. Hope so. I don't know, but I, I hope so. Yeah, best sim strategy is Fire Emblem, and same with nice. uh, Advance Wars one and two. So there's a few others in the mix as well. Oh. Wait, they have Pikmin four and not Pikmin one and two because they got re released on the Switch. True. I wonder what the, the controversy. Do they that. do re-releases yeah. though? I, I don't think they well, unless it's, it's not in the overhaul. Yeah, maybe yeah. They they weren't HD release, were they? But I mean Super Mario RPG is not in it, but they only came out probably I think it came out after the nominees were made actually. That's another weird thing too. They do the cutoff really early. I feel like mm. it's a week before Thanksgiving they cut it off. A lot of the big games don't come out till Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. Weird. Yeah. I think Nintendo's got a very good chance. Like there's a there's a good mix of games. Sonic's in there and Disney. Uh, illusion what is it illusion island i think oh, sorry, mario that i don't even know if that's yeah good. i think it's pretty good but i think mario's better so but i'm also a little biased when it comes to mario um but also <laughs> another another indie game is dredge uh that's been nominated for best independent game and that one i haven't to admit i haven't played it but i did talk to the developers at pax and i i sorry i did play it at pax but i haven't played it at home but it's a really cool game uh i talked about at the time in October. Um, so that one is up there and it's sort of, what is it? A Lovecraftian sea adventure. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's really, really cool developed game from a New Zealand team, I believe. So go dredge. Yeah. So it's a really good list. And I think the game awards themselves are on the 7th of December. So only a couple of days after the show airs. So next week we can, I guess, debate if we, <laughs> how we feel, uh, Especially if anyone was robbed of a victory. <laughs> we're, we're not convinced Kurt's going to watch it. He's still holding on to the, yep. that grudge for four yeah. years. Yep. Until I yeah. get a written apology from the Academy for you know, for what happened. I'm, I'm what not if, like, anyone. What if something that you really liked was nominated for something like Godzilla minus one or something? Uh, Would you watch oh. it then? Boy, yeah. Um, well, in Japan, Japan, they were. In fact, I think Shin Godzilla, the movie before this, won movie of the year in Japan. So maybe I'll just go over there and pay attention to their awards. And yeah. The West, yeah. Moral West. dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Well, thank you for that wrap up of the Game Awards. I'm not sure. Sorry, I said the seventh. It may be the eighth, actually. I've written the eighth, but I thought I thought I read the seventh. Anyway, it's it's later this week. We'll uh, talk touch base again next week to see who came out on top. Let's move on to uh, another announcement that came during the week, which was the Atari 50, the anniversary celebration, which gets 12 new games December 5th, which will be the day after this show launches, actually, with free DLC. 
Did you want to talk about that, Kirk? What does that mean for us? Well, and actually we'll bring Trev into this too, because he he reviewed the game for us. Um, Atari 50th anniversary celebration is this gigantic sort of like historical and, and I don't know, Trev, help me out. It's, it's games, just <laughs> games galore throughout the history of Atari. And it came out last year. Um, so it's now Atari 51, I suppose. It's the 51st <laughs> anniversary. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think they indicated that they were going to be adding to it, and they just announced that they're going to put twelve new games on it with plans to do more down the road. Yeah. Well, cool. the thing is, the the, the format with, they have with that kind of interactive timeline that proved popular because they've have used that again with. Uh, you might remember some episodes back, I was talking about the making of a uh, Karateka or Karateka. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that employs a very very similar. In, you know, format, there's there's a name for it. I forget the exact name, but that's kind of their thing with these retro games. And I think that's really what made the Atari collection succeed the way it did, because there were other Atari collections, even on the Switch. But they had that interactive timeline, and they had not just, you know, 2,600 games, but uh, 7,800, Jaguar, Lynx, you know, mm. some prototypes and whatnot. This particular update... Seems like it's just 2,600, uh, according to the, the email I saw, which is kind of a, a bummer. But if it paves the way, like Kirk said, for, for more down the road, and especially if they're free, then you can't really complain. I mean, that's it's exciting to think about what might come. Yeah. So how many games were on the original collection that you reviewed last year? Uh, a lot. It's quite a few, right? Well, it's 50, right? It's in the title. No, I actually don't know. I think I linked in the review <laughs> a master list because yeah. if I typed it all, that'd be my word count for the review. So, Yeah, yeah I thought, it, well, that's what I thought Atari 50 was, but it's not. It's the 50th anniversary, right? Which is why it's yeah. 51 now, we're saying. Yeah. The bulk, bulk were 2,600. They had arcade. They had some 5,200, some 7,800, some Jags, some Lynx, and actually a few PC because Atari... Uh, was kind of big in the PCs in the 80s, especially, I think, over like in Europe and stuff. So, um, Yeah. How do you feel about them not including these games originally versus adding them now? I mean, they're free, which is awesome. Is it like, what, why wouldn't they package them up when they did it last year? As a, you know, Do you think it's to make, to kind of give it another lease of life, a bit like Mario Kart, you know, let's add something fresh so that people might, it rejuvenates sales or something like that, I don't know. How do you feel That's about that? That's a pretty good question. I, I think, well, there, it could be two things. One, they could just be waiting to see the type of reception. Is this a game worth mm-hmm. supporting? Did it get people excited? But also, even at the time of release, I remember they promoted a game on Twitter. Uh, it was an old Lynx game called Warbirds. It was a very uh, kind of a technical showcase. And that didn't end up making the release. And when I asked them, they said there was some last minute licensing snafu or something. So maybe, I don't know a lot of, you know, how the paperwork goes for this type of thing. Maybe they were waiting for certain things to clear, licenses mm-hmm. to expire, renew, whatever uh, the case may be. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Well, that's cool. I mean, free DLC is good. Do you have any other thoughts on this one, Kirk? Uh, well, I, I did go back to Trevor's review. The The original contained over 100 games, according to the review. Wow. So, you know, there's already a lot there. Um, And they did say that this collection is a mix of prototypes, homebrews, and official titles. 
So I have a feeling that some of these 12 will be things that either weren't finished or, or have kind of disappeared um, mm -hmm. over the years. Um, so if you're an Atari historian or fan, then it looks like there's going to be some interesting new content out there. Um, but I am mm -hmm. mostly curious about the official titles uh, or would be, um, you know, I, I don't have the original, so I, I have nothing to compare it against. But mm -hmm. if, if anybody wants to do this for the Intellivision system, I'll be all over it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, totally. And these games, just to be clear, they're just ports of the original, right? It's not like the one you talked about last week that's, um, what was it, Berserk or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, these are original. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. But, yeah, 100 plus games, that's like... That's a that's a good collection in my mind. <laughs> we talk about. The I mean, I give it a nine out of ten. That's not like a an outlier score. I was looking on Metacritic, on nineteen mm -hmm. reviews, the Switch version has an eighty nine, which is one of the, you know, one of the highest scoring games, uh, last yeah. year. If you look at how Metacritic does that, so. Was it on your game of the year list or not? Uh, last year, I had it. You did. There you go. Cool. I did. Yeah, my top ten. Nice. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So that comes out this week, the extra DLC. So then I suppose we'll be talking about that on the show next week, maybe to see how it fares. Yeah. That'd be accurate. It comes out what, like a day after this episode post or something, I think. Yeah. The 5th, December the 5th. So listeners keep an eye out for that. We'd love to know listeners if you picked up the anniversary celebration, sorry. Yeah. Celebration. Or if you were planning to get it with new DLC or what your thoughts are, let us know. Um, in other news, there was a level five showcase, I think, when was this? A couple of days ago? And it yeah, showed up some trailers. Days ago, or depending on when yeah. you listen to the show. Yeah. So sometime <laughs> at the start of the month, I guess, or end of November, uh, trailers for Fantasy Life and Professor Layton, both of which we're very excited about. I'm very excited about it. I'm pretty sure Trev's very excited about And That's is that why you were playing Layton uh, recently? You were playing in the... There were, DS was it the the, the yes. original? Yeah, that's my tendency. They announce a game in a series, and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go back to an older game to get in the mood. Or sometimes if I can't get the game at launch and I feel like I'm missing out, I'll go back mm -hmm. to an older game. In the case of Layton, it shouldn't matter because it's not going to be out till 2025. Wow, but that's a long wait. <laughs> there are quite a few Layton games, so you know, between yeah, DS, Switch, so. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering how many there are. There's there's definitely a heap. There's the original DS trilogy. And then there's what they call the second trilogy, which is one DS game and two 3DS games. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's the uh, the crossover, Layton uh, versus Wright, uh, which is more an Ace Attorney game than a Layton game, but it's still, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. it's still good. I think I reviewed that back in the day. I think I gave it like an 8 out of 10. And then there's the last one, uh, not counting any, you know, mobile stuff, but there is a mm -hmm. Catch Real and the Millionaires oh, yeah. of on Switch, which I uh, probably loved more than, well, I did. I loved it more than any critic. I, I have the highest score in Metacritic for that one. But <laughs> Right. What did you give that one? I gave it a nine. And yeah. the average review, I think, was like 73, but I think I was the only one that gave it. And I think the other highs were like 8.5. So... It was a change in format. It wasn't so much one kind of big epic tale. It was kind of segmented that were connected to a, to a bigger tale. But a lot of people, you know, couldn't get into that. Even uh, Katie reviewed the 3DS game. I think she gave it like a six. So 
Mm, yeah, but I like yeah. any any late and it doesn't matter, you know, who who's leading it. So yeah, uh, I for that one. Yeah, definitely. I love the Layton series as well. I haven't played all of them, but I think I've played most of them, including that last one, and I really enjoyed it. So why is it 2025? They're still working on development. And it's a Switch title, right? There's no Switch 2 murmurs yeah, at this that's point. A, that's another thing, and that's what's funny with this, this showcase is, you know, you have a game like Clayton where it's like, oh, there's no Switch successor because that's not coming out till 2025 on Switch. And then you get a mm. game like the Fantasy Life uh, sequel, which is kind of fueling Switch 2 rumors because they're like, oh, we're delaying it for you know, strategic reasons. And it's like, oh, that's going to be Switch 2 going out next summer. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> that is weird. So so Fantasy Life is coming out summer 2024. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, it was hard to catch because they were Japanese trailers. And like I was joking about earlier with Godzilla, I have a hard time watching and reading at the same time. <laughs> But it looks good. It looks good from what, what they showed. And obviously, we I think we all love the original games. Yeah, absolutely. I did enjoy Fantasy Life. I spent a lot of time with that. Um, it was summer holiday for, for me over here in Australia when I played that quite a few years ago. And I think I mentioned Fae Farm recently had Fantasy Life vibes that I really enjoyed. So it sort of made me pine for it. And I think, I don't know if this was on air or off air, but I mentioned to you, Trev, that I couldn't find my original <laughs> cartridge of the game and i'm like i wouldn't mind playing fantasy life again but oh yeah it is yeah. <laughs> yeah dang it that's okay i may replay mine after i finish with layton i may replay mine while I yeah wait. yeah i never did uh i never did 100 percent it I, I wasn't even no close to be honest but I, me I really neither but because it was like you could choose i can't remember how many there were now there were so many different fields you could choose like uh jobs or whatever you could choose it's almost overwhelming really yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you keep going back to that little cave area to get, you know, to to practice your um your magic or your sword play or whatever, depending on what class you were. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Then you go back to the I town. I started you... as a fisherman, if I remember right. Yeah, I think I fun. did whatever the magic one was. I think first, like witch or wizard or whatever it was. Um, yeah, but I tried a lot. I did the chef one. That was that was so cool. And the graphics were lovely too. I just hope, and I haven't seen the latest trailer, but this one looks a lot more. I, I wanted to retain that same look as the original, that kind of, I don't know if you call it retro, but it's very top-down 16-bit style, but lovely, of course. And I just don't want this one to be too 3D or anything like that. I, I love the original style. Do you think it fits into that category or is it a bit different? Well, well, that's why they're releasing it on on. Uh, oh no, way! Are they releasing it on a Switch? I don't know. That's <laughs> we did. Yeah, I hear you though, because I felt the same way with Mario RPG. I was so attached to that unique, mm. you know, graphical look that you know, I'm like, oh, it's gonna take me getting used to. But you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's how Kirk felt with when they redid Tron. Uh, was it Tron yeah. Legacy? <laughs> Drawn like oh, yeah. <laughs> do we is that something we don't talk about or do we oh no no yeah that, i was just happy to get a new tron movie i i knew it wasn't going to win best costume design <laughs> when i went to see it but uh no yeah yeah i i yeah. actually it, it's a good point trev because i did miss some of that original look um mm -hmm. you know, so yeah i get it yes you up layton or fantasy life 
uh, fan or player of games, Kirk? I have no experience at all with Fantasy Life. Um, I did play a bit of a latent game, and there was a, a knockoff that I think came to the iPhone, like a like a girl. There was a girl that was somehow associated with them, but doing her own thing, like Le, Le Toy, Le Toit. I can't remember. Oh, is it that mystery mystery room game or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a bit of experience, but everything that you guys said about the game, I, I agree with. It's one that I. I love the look of it, and I'm sure if I dug into it, I, I would get a cake out of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, it stay tuned nice a little too. bit. Oh, I'm sorry, Gemma. Yeah. No, no, no. It does look nice. You go. Yeah. I was going to say the Layton games, I'm pretty sure, and, and also the Phoenix Ray games for that matter, I think they do have like HD mobile updates because, you know, a lot of the originals were on the DS or, or you know, 3DS, which limited screen resolution. So if you want to, uh, check it out on mobile because these games probably would play good on mobile. Just the type mm. of puzzle game they are. Uh, they do have them in HD. I know for a fact they get the first one at least. So I don't know if they have everyone, but um, yeah, it might be worth looking because- at to see if you like the series enough to get you know legit physical copies on Nintendo hardware. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they do have that, and they'll fit the Switch, and they they definitely fit the DS and the 3DS very well because they're very much you know not point and click exactly, but the puzzles require, you know, touch elements or they, they at least work that into the hardware really well. It was very appropriate for its, it was designed well for the, for the DS and 3DS, I think. So mm. hopefully that translates well into the switch, you know, but it'll also have its non handheld mode. It's docked mode. So yeah. it'll have to work both ways, I guess. But anyway, I think it will. Cause the Catriel game really trans, I thought. Oh, true translated well and you know the switch doesn't have dual screen and handheld but the way they mm. kind of split it um I, I quickly got into it i mean i wasn't like you know staring at it or poking my way around like this is clunky like it just works so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly cool that's exciting i look forward to hear more from level five um but yeah a bit of a wait still <laughs> so anyway was there anything else from that showcase that was worth mentioning or really just those two highlights there were a few other games, but those are the only two that I really paid attention to just because I, um, you know, I like the, I like the prior mm. installment. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're long run. Well, Fantasy Life only has one entry, I guess, but Layton certainly is a long running series. Yeah. So yeah, I think there'll be a lot of excited people to get their hands on a new one. Anyway, let's touch on holiday deals again, because we've, you know, just been through, uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and obviously Christmas is coming and it's just that time of year when everything is going on sale and and you know gamers are looking for bargains because who doesn't want to play games during the holidays right I, I do so, um, and like Kirk does it well because you you add that little heart icon you put on your wish list right on the eShop so you you know when is that how you know when something's on sale Yes. Yeah. If you, yeah. Uh, when you heart it, they'll kick out an email to you. Um, if there's a, if there's a reason for you to check it out. Yeah. Which is awesome. So, uh, there's a big sale at the moment. It's sort of the Black Friday sale that's kind of ending on the fourth, which is uh, the day that this show will release. So if you happen to be listening, um, on the fourth, you still have a chance to jump online and get some pretty big savings in that sale, but there's obviously more sales, coming up as well and trev did you say you picked up lego star wars for a really good price is that what you said before the show oh i did um i'm sorry i just wanted to make a joke when you're like if you catch it the day of release yeah. you gotta click that bell to get notified that's what the yes yes 
yes, click the bell, subscribe, and, and you'll be notified if you click the bell. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I picked up Lego Star Wars on the Switch uh, for Cyber Monday. $15 for a physical copy, which mm. I thought was great because the Lego games often do go on, on sale for pretty cheap. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of physical media and I wanted, you know, to have it on the shelf. And um, it was a game I hadn't picked up, even though Kirk and I were able to to see it at E3 back in the day. So uh, it was mm -hmm. one that had been on my radar. And I liked previous, uh, you know, Lego games that were attached to movies. So I, like Indiana Jones or, you know, Batman, whatever. So I knew I'd like, uh, I knew I'd like this. And uh, you were telling mm -hmm. me you liked it. You even got like, a, was it the DLC or something? Yeah, I got the deluxe version when it came out because, uh, yeah, Star Wars fan and Lego fan and, you know, Switch fans, <laughs> kind of all three in one. Um, I had played the previous, or oh, was it on the Wii, I think, that had Star Wars, maybe it was the original trilogy or something like that. Um, maybe And it may, maybe even had the prequels, actually. But now, obviously, this is the complete saga because it has the sequel trilogy as well. So it's all nine movies, plus it has DLC for... Um, like the solo movie uh, and you know, Andor, it has Mandalorian stuff in it. It's got all oh, wow. the characters. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know it had the shows. That's awesome. Yeah, not. I don't think it's got. Uh, I could be wrong about this, but at least the original version didn't have. Uh, like you don't play through the the shows, but the characters are there that you can unlock or you know buy by DLC. Oh, it's so, not like. Not like DLC levels, it's just characters. No, just characters, just like skins. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, and that's one of the things with this, with I guess Lego in general, but also Star, the Star Wars games. Like, if you look at the character select screen, there's like, you know, a mil not a million, but a lot. <laughs> there's like the screen with the little circles that you have to fill out with question marks. It's like it's huge. It's almost overwhelming. But there's a lot to collect, um, and you can be almost anyone. Like you can be random robots, you know, random droids any random pilot it's just like you can be anybody from like general grievous to you know darth vader obviously but yeah just no one like no name pilot people it's like it's, why would you be that person i don't know but they're there they're there if you want to be that person so they have yeah. uh what is it tk421 why aren't you at your post yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's really cool and yeah, like you said, Lego, Lego games do go on sale. You know, speaking of Indiana Jones, I would love to see a new collection with the last movie included. I wonder if they'll do a new version for that. Yeah, it's the last movie really. Uh, it didn't. That's a whole nother ramp. But budgets for movies today are just not reflective of the box office audience. Mm. So it's like, even if they make money when your budget is, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, you just need to pack them in to even break even, and yeah, I yeah. don't know if the film made enough to to warrant that, but let's see how it does on Disney Plus. It just came out on Disney Plus. What? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I just saw it uh, on my feed as well. So, yeah, um, but I think I mean I'm just trying to think with Indiana Jones whether the last game, which I think was on the Wii, there may be other versions that I'm not aware of, but I think it only had the original trilogy, not even the fourth movie. So. There the might fourth be got a separate. It was a uh, like oh, Lego through the adventures continue because I have it. Oh, okay. not, I have it on the DS. Right. Um, and it is a little yeah. bit, you know, it's it's spread out because it's just one movie rather than three. So, 
I guess it depends how much you like Crystal Skull. If you like, I, I happen to think Crystal Skull is pretty good. So, mm. but I might be in the vocal minority on that. In fact, I know I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I enjoyed it at the time. I need to watch it again because I think of anything at the one time, but I enjoyed it. I was just happy to see Indie back, really. But anyway, <laughs> but we digress. Um, so, let's move on because speaking of sales, you picked up something good, Kirk, which I think you said you were planning to get, and I'm glad you did. Was uh, Persona 5 Royal? Is it Royal yes. or Royale? <laughs> um, I just, you know what? I switch when I don't know, I just swap back and forth and hope eventually someone will correct me and I'll, I'll get it right. Uh, we'll go with Royal. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't have the E on the end, right? So it's not. Yeah. So I think it's Royal. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, it just sounds fancy to say it the other way. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Tell us about Persona 5 Royal. This is, uh, it's, it, I, I mentioned before, I, I played it on the PS3 a while back. I, I didn't get too far into it. Um, for various reasons, but I'm absolutely loving the time with it on the Switch. And I'm glad it went on sale and I'm glad I picked it up. And this time I think I'm going to get all the way through it. In fact, my son Sam was uh, watching me play it. And he said, this is one that I think once I go to college, and I, I don't know why that's the stipulation, but when I'm in college and I'm done playing games like Deep Woken and all those things on the computer with his friends and is getting more into single player games, this is going to be the first one he does. Um so, yeah, it's got a very slick sort of anime vibe to it. It's very musical. I don't mean it's like a rhythm game. It's just got this soundtrack that kind of permeates everything. Um, the, the the characters move in a very sort of uh, uh, a- animated way and that it's very choreographed. They, they don't look like normal people walking around. They got like a style or a swagger to them that is just throughout the whole game. It's very, uh, a lot of attitude, we'll say. Um, but the, the gameplay is a lot of fun. And it changes up a lot. There's, um, you're, you're going into these dungeons, and I won't go too much into it because it is a very complicated story to kind of lay out. But you go mm-hmm. into these dungeons area areas where most of the turn turn based combat is, and it's a lot like a Shin Megami Tensei game where there are demons that you're fighting. Certain things work better against them. You can communicate with them to get items or even uh, get them to join you, uh, so you get their powers moving on. But there's an also, uh, it takes place around like a, this group of high school kids. So their uh, lifestyle and the things that they're doing every day are very much part of it, like getting part-time jobs and <laughs> buying certain items out of vending machines. I mean, things that small. Uh, so it, it's really cool and a lot of fun. And, and I'm sure I'm sticking with it this time and play it through to the end. How long is it? It's a pretty long game, right? Like it's... Hours and hours yeah. of gameplay. Yeah, I'm maybe 10 to 15 <laughs> hours into it so far, and I have not even completed the first battle. Um, oh, it's, wow. <laughs> it's broken up into days, too. And you have to, like, let's say you need to finish this dungeon and and, and clear the whole area out, get on to the next part by a certain day. And you may have 12 days before you even need to complete it. So you could literally spend those 12 days just walking around town and doing these other things to get more abilities, get more um, equipment that you can use, raise more money so you can buy better guns and armor and stuff like that. So there's an awful lot to do uh, and you can make it take as long or as short a period of time as you want. Oh, cool. I like that. That's an interesting aspect to it. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of why I quit before because I felt like I was doing everything wrong. In what way? (laughs) If, if that makes sense, like there are so many options to me and I felt like I did not optimize anything and I wasn't preparing mm. myself and using my time better. So I thought I want to do this with a guide 
but I was too far to go back and start again. So I just quit. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm right. starting back again, now I am using a bit of a guide to say it's best to get this and, you know, do this. It, it doesn't take away from the gameplay because I'm still going through and fighting the way you're supposed to do it. But some of the little decisions, I'm letting other people make those for me. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thank you for that. And it's 50% off. Oh, that ends actually on the third. Yeah, it's yeah. like two fifty nine on the fourth Eastern time. So that would be yeah Pacific <laughs> time in the U.S. That would be uh, right before midnight on December third. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but I'm glad you got it at least, and I'm sure you know. Well, well you mentioned it last week, so hopefully some other some listeners picked it up. And yeah, if you're enjoying it as much as Kirk, let us know. <laughs> um, I'm playing quite a few games actually at the moment, and I wanted to touch very quickly on Super Mario Brothers Wonder first, just because I've finally finished it, <laughs> and not because it was um, difficult, but just because I was biding my time with it a little bit. Like we were, we were up to Bowser. A while ago but we just put off that last level and we just did it on the weekend so yeah finished it collected we haven't collected quite all of all of the badges yet but we've got i think maybe four to go so and yeah the i don't know if you've done the end either of you two but yeah it's a very interesting battle i don't want to give spoilers away but uh you know you would have noticed in the game there's a lot of rhythm based challenges and that uh is part of the final battle as well, which is really, it's a really fun battle. No, it's just, that's all I say. It's a really fun final battle. Not terribly difficult, I didn't think, but but challenging enough and, um, but really fun. Or fighting Bowser at the end. See, that yeah, is spoiler. I thought it was going to be Wart. <laughs> Mario. <Yeah. too. laughs> I know. Surprise. That would have been a good surprise. Yeah, just oh, waiting for him to come back. <laughs> Still waiting for him to join the Mario Kart roster or something. He just, where is Wart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I've loved Mario, Mario Brothers Wonder. It's been such a fun game. My only criticism, which you'll see in my review, is uh, I didn't find it terribly difficult, but it's certainly fun. It's certainly, and it has its challenges and there's a lot to collect. And now, one and I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you're if you finish the boss like the, the main game, um, it does show you which levels are missing. Like you know, you when you pause, you can see, you know, you you can see all the levels that you've done and whether you've collected the top of the flagpole and you've got all the wonder seeds. There's question marks for levels that you haven't done, which is really handy because you can now you know, oh, I've still got three or four levels to find in, um, you know, the waterfall world, whatever it is. So now we should go back and do that. So loving it. Very good. Um, and I will continue <laughs> because it's so much fun. And I'm also playing, and this is a recent one. In fact, this just came out on December the 1st, I believe, which is SteamWorld Build. Yeah, yesterday. For when we're recording, it was just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big fan of the SteamWorld games because I loved SteamWorld Dig. And the second one, I can't remember the name of it, where you're I- in space. What is it? Heist. Yes, that's the one. Uh, and the thing with SteamWorld is, um, if, you, if you're not familiar with the series, each game is very different in style, in genre, right? Like SteamWorld Dig was kind of a platformer, almost a Metroidvania style. Heist was like a, was it like a strategy game, I guess? <laughs> it was like very different. And this one is a simulation game. It's kind game. of Fire Emblem in a way, actually. With, yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah. Some- elements of like uh well i don't want to say the levels were were randomized per se because i think they had 
said starting and ends, but they, there was an element of it, mm. which I think they did really, really well. That's actually one of my favorite games from, you know. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and I, it's it's an interesting tactic from the developers because you think, you know, Mario, generally the platforming games, I mean, Wonder is is a bit different. It's a bit of a departure from the last series, but still it's a platforming game, right? It's always a platformer through and through, and generally that's what you do. You do RPGs or you do platformers or you do, you know, simulation games, whatever it is. These guys, they change it up every time, and it's – I wonder how that works for their fans. I'm – I will say I'm not a simulation player generally. I just don't really gel with that style. And SteamWorld Build is a simulation title. So as a fan of, because I'm already a fan of the series, like the SteamWorld series, it makes me more likely to pick up a genre that I'm not super familiar with because I like the characters or I like the story or I like the general world, right? So I think from that perspective, it's good. And I'm really enjoying SteamWorld Build. It's, um, it's, Simulation done well. I don't know what simulation not done well looks like, but uh, for me, you know sometimes, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> sometimes I find them a bit complicated or a bit dry. Lots of menus, and it's a bit overwhelming. This one, you can choose to turn it off if you're okay with it. And uh, but there's a tutorial that's really good, and it takes you through all the steps, so you don't feel too overwhelmed at the beginning, which is something I've definitely fine with simulation games I just there's too much there's too much to look at there's too much to look through I can't find what I need I don't know where to build this or that this one's really good it steps you through so I'm you know and so the premise is you're you're on an alien world that's dying you're a robot uh so this if you don't know the series it's like a steampunk universe a post-apocalyptic steampunk universe with robots and steam-powered robots it's really it's really cool and um what you're trying to do is find this ancient technology which is hidden underground to get off this planet that's essentially the story and you build this town up full of robot workers and robot engineers and then you have to um open up a mine so there's two parts there's the building of the overworld and then there's the underworld, which is this mine aspect, which is really fun. And you're digging, you, you build miners and they dig and they find gold and they find tools and they find all sorts of things. And you have to eventually find this artifact and get off the planet. So it's very cool. <laughs> and my son Hayden is loving it as well because he's a simulation fan more so than me. And he's found one part of this ancient artifact. He's just written me a little note. So <laughs> live update there. Yeah. So it's really good. So I'm reviewing this one. I'll have my review up uh, ASAP. But yeah, it's going really well. Definitely. The the team is really talented at what they do. And you can tell they've put a lot of time and effort into creating this world um, and the, the simulation aspects of it. So yeah, it's a good one. Well, I'm looking forward to your review because I, yeah. I, I get pretty much all the Steam World games, you know, Dig, Dig 1 and 2 and Heist and... Um, uh, what was the name of the card one they did? It was like the RPG kind of quest, I think. Is it quest? Uh, yeah. quest? No, I can't. I it, was... it was. Oh yeah, no, it was. But it had a um, like a a subtitle or a moniker. It was like SteamWorld Quest something. Hand, something. Hand of Gilgamesh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, long story short, I liked all those other games, even though, like you said, they were distinct and. Uh, you know, gameplay style. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you have to say. Yeah, yeah and Quest, I ha actually haven't played Quest, to be honest, so I've missed that one. But, yeah, definitely a cool series. Every time I hear that there's a new SteamWorld uh, title, it does pique my interest. So, yeah, 
yeah, stay tuned. I'll let you know <laughs> what I think, my final thoughts. But it's shaping up very well. Um, there's a lot to do. There's like uh, four, five or six different areas you can build your world on and there's plenty of options. Like you can, you know, like I said, you can turn off the tutorial, you can have the story running in the background or not. You can have a sandpit mode if you want to just build to your heart's content if you don't want to worry about the story. Of There's also a lot of different uh, difficulty levels you can choose from. So for accessibility, that's really nice as well. So I've gone with kind of the balanced mode, I think, which is kind of like normal, I guess. Um, but there's like, you know, a light mode or a hard mode or whatever. So I think there's like five different, four or five different difficulty levels, which is really neat. And um, yeah, the same is the case for another game that I'm playing actually, which is called Tevi. Uh, Kirk, do you know about this one? Because I thought this sounded like a Kirk-ish title, although it is a Metroidvania, it's not an RPG, but it's very Japanese. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did look at it I, when when it came in when the review op came in. I it's one I considered, but um, I think aside from watching the movie, I I didn't dig in right. too much beyond that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's very very Japanese uh, influence, which is really cool. Like, so this is my next game that I'm reviewing. It's a Metroidvania kind of platformer style with battle elements and bullet hell elements as well. But you are essentially uh, the character is called Tevi, and you're sort of. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away because it actually starts off one way and then moves to another way. But there's a world of humans and demons and angels and I think they're called beast skins who are these kind of humanoid creatures with like animal parts, like animal ears or something like that. And there's magic. Um, and But the style is very chibi, like big-headed cartoony character style. But then there's lots of cutscenes which are very anime-esque. So the other thing is that, there's lots of voiceover work and it's all in Japanese. Um, there are subtitles, Trev, so you can read and not <laughs> follow. <laughs> but the voiceover is all in Japanese, so it's interesting. It's like a movie that's been, yeah, translated, I suppose, for you. You can put on Japanese subtitles if you can speak Japanese, of course, but I can't. So <laughs> I'll ask to be my translator. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could be the Bill Trinan to my Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> not a uh, not a good idea. Yeah. Every, every 150th word you'll get. <laughs> yeah, I know. I could pick up like a hieroglyphs or something. I think they did say good morning in one scene. Like, oh, I know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, he just apologized for something. <laughs> yeah, or if they say hi, I know that. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they speak very quickly, and it's hard to here but that's okay uh it's definitely adds to the atmosphere graphically it's really nice it looks lovely it's um the the style is beautiful it's got beautiful backgrounds um i'm not too far into it I've maybe an hour or two but it's very story heavy story based more so than i expected and maybe that dips off as you progress but there's a lot of a lot of story there's a lot of reading and listening if you're listening in japanese um so that's part of it and there's a bullet hell element which i'm yet to really experience a lot of so far it's there's a few of those kind of things and this is another thing that this one does well though is that you can change your difficulty level uh there's like gosh six or seven or eight levels of difficulty so you can really yeah that's more can, than steam world and they had five it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool because if you want a really story-based game, you can just dial down that um, difficulty level right down to, I think there's like a picnic level <laughs> and there's one even below that, I think. Um, and then you can, you can go really hard as well if you want the challenge. So yeah, you can kind of make it your own, almost like 
yeah, as hard as you What's want or as easy as you like. Picnic, I wonder. <laughs> I can't remember now. Yeah, there's like picnic and then picnic plus or something, and then there's another one below that as well. So, <laughs> yeah, there's heaps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can do melee attacks. You get combos. You can do like uh, long range attacks. Or is it melee or? Weren't you guys joking about that in a past episode? Yeah, I guess I say Malay since I just said that. Royale. <laughs> Royale with cheese. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't a know what it is. Royale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Anyway, um, I don't want to take up too much time because uh, I've already spoken a lot about games I'm playing. So maybe we'll move on to Trev's Mario RPG because you've finished the main story. Do you want to give us a quick update on that one? Yeah, you know, it's whenever you, you finish a game and you're, you're like sad to finish mm-hmm. it, but also like happy, I think that's a sign of just a special game. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of games, even good games, like yeah, beat them and then it's like, okay, that was fun. And then you kind of set it aside and you sort of forget about it. But this one, like I knew I was getting to the end and I'm like, oh, I want to slow it down. Thankfully, there mm-hmm. is some post-game stuff that I'm not going to, you know, get into, but uh, yeah, look for my, look for my thoughts. Um, Well, this will post on a Monday. Look for them by the end of the week, I'll say, and I'll lock myself in. (laughs) Cool. It's going to be a high score though, I tell you. Yeah, I am excited to hear what you finally give it. And I know what you mean about that because uh, I think I was the same with Mario Wonder. I I was up to Bowser and I just didn't want to didn't want to do that final battle. I wanted to savor that moment. <laughs> and it's like whenever there's a show that I really like and then it ends, I don't watch the last episode so that it's still going for me. It's like it doesn't end it, which is also kind of silly because then I don't get that closure either. So. <laughs> it's a good thing you're a Simpsons fan because yeah. there's <laughs> They've got stories for years and years, haven't they? So. <laughs> um, yeah. I was thinking cool. of when you were talking about picnic difficulty level, Gemma. Yeah, yeah. The level below that is when Homer was in Abe's nursing home and he was having the nurse like roll him over because he was too lazy to roll himself. Yeah. That's the difficulty level when you don't even want to pick up the controller. You just tap the button and it'll just play it for you. Yeah. And you can do auto scroll of the text actually. So yeah, you can do that. But you're just sort of watching watching the story unfold, I guess. It's almost like Twitch. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, that's awesome. Well, thank you. I um, haven't had much of a chance to to get into Mario RPG again this week after I started it last week, but I've loved what I've done so far, and I'm definitely going to pick it up again on the holidays and keep going because it's so good. I love it. Um, let's talk about Arcadian Atlas from Kirk. What's that one about? It's this. Uh, well, it's not Mario RPG, <laughs> but it's a tactical <laughs> RPG. Um, cool. from, an in, from what I consider an indie developer, you have um, to qualify that now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's kind of like an old school, uh, we'll say in NES style, but the graphics are a bit enhanced. Tactical RPG, you've got the isometric grid, um, and it's it's your typical kind of fantasy story. You're using magic. You're 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 using weapons and. Um, I, I'm saying all this to make it sound like the, the the typical thing you would expect when you're you're taking on one of these games. Except the interesting thing about it, and I've never seen this in a game of this style, especially, it has a jazz soundtrack. 
Oh, really? So, yeah, the music is kind of like this laid back, chill, kind of like we're at a jazz club vibe while there's this big story of, of betrayal and, and love and, and combat and death. And it's, it's just this weird dynamic that I'm not used to at all. And I'm finding it all oddly compelling. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into, the, I, I don't want to say the only good thing about it is the, is the soundtrack. There's, there's an awful lot going on here, but that's what struck me so far. And is helping this game stand out from the myriad games I've played that are, uh, you know, follow these kind of tropes. Yeah, it certainly has a cool style to it. I like the look of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's a nice mix because there's a very distinct style to the characters, you know, as they pop on the screen and you're looking at them, but then, you know, pull back and looking at the action, it's kind of like the pixelated um, um, approach that, that we see in a lot of these. Uh, I, I don't want to call them retro. They have a retro look, but they're very much a modern style gameplay for yeah. this type of game. So, yeah, yeah, it all works kind of well, and I'm having fun with it. Nice. Is that a review type? Yes, yes, and the review uh, cool. will be up this week, probably sometime Excellent. after this uh, after this episode posts. Very cool, and it's on it's sale at the moment as well. Speaking of sales, yes, it's currently ten percent off um, through December fifteenth. So there's a lot of time to do it. It's a nineteen ninety nine game on sale now for seventeen ninety nine in the U.S. Nice. And so, what did you say, Trev? Oh, does the jazz music kind of um, like does it take the the tension out of like because it's well like a civil war type of story yeah yeah that's it's when you're not actually fighting and you're kind of exploring then it, it's really kind of a relaxing um, calm thing that that doesn't exactly fit the tone but also doesn't detract from it and that's what i'm finding fascinated or uh, that i'm fascinated by like you would think yeah. it would just kill the effect but it doesn't it just creates a weird effect it's fun yeah it does sound fun i like it yeah, we look forward to your final or your uh, yeah your final thoughts when you get that review finished. Thank you, Kirk. Trev, we have one more game on our list for the week, which is I don't even know how to say this. Is it Irem Collection? Uh, yeah, that's how I would say it. Volume one, which seems to indicate that more are in the pipeline, mm -hmm. which what would be it? cool because they have some, um, you know, pretty pretty good. I think like arcade legacy and stuff. This one's interesting that it's really just the uh, the image fight trilogy. Or, well, I guess the third game isn't really an image fight game, but you know how like the, they always call the Dragon's Lair trilogy, and they count Space Ace just because it has mm. the, you know, the same uh, developer visual style, whatever. It's sort of like that. They're three uh, shmups. Okay. And cool. What's cool is that they have. Uh, not just the arcade version, but like the PC Engine version, the NES version, which, of course, I was quick to load up. And, uh, you know, they have options, too. So it's like, you know, the game's tough. It kicks my butt. And, oh, I can rewind it. And <laughs> I can oh, do nice. 100 lives or, you know, make the challenge how I want. Like, rewinding could easily be abused. I'd rather not do that. But, hey, yeah. if I keep myself unlimited lives, you know, I can power <laughs> through it. Or I can do, you know, there's all sorts of options. The... uh the publisher, they've done a few like retro games like this. It's got a very similar menu. So, um, yeah, I like it. It's one of those collections. If you didn't like the the original game, Image Fight, you're not going to like the collection because that's all it is. But uh, as somebody who liked it, you know, it's it's just what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. I love shoot-em ups as well. And it says it's from the, the golden age of arcade gaming, the late 80s and early 90s. So <laughs> there you go. 
And it's just cool playing a like a more what feels to me like a later shooter on the NES because mm. you know I play in image fight and it's like oh this is almost like a like I could imagine it on like like the Turbo Graphics which of course it got a port on there or you know even like the Sega Genesis so it does a lot of good good things that you might not necessarily expect if you were an NES kid so just throwing that out there yeah nice yeah it looks cool. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of it before. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a classic yeah. shoot 'em up. It's also a review game, which um, Mario is first on my list, and I, I still have Berserk, but uh, it'll, oh, yeah. it'll follow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, we've got a few kind of fun little things to talk about, which is some game anniversaries, specifically uh, Zelda-related, actually. Uh, did you want to mention those, Trev, since you found them <laughs> oh you know what i was i was looking originally i was just looking for just you know games in general mm-hmm. and then after like the third zelda game i'm like are all these zelda games kind of on five-year increments like because yeah. link Seems between like worlds it. is 10 years ocarina is kind of the big one uh 25 years yeah Link's Awakening, 30 years it's like you know give or take a couple weeks because sometimes they come out a week earlier in north america or, or japan or whatever but I'm like, wow, is that just how it rolls? Like all the big Zelda games are out every five years or so. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm interesting. Them too. I just can't believe it's been 25 years since Ocarina of Time. Well, 30 years since Link's Awakening. That's, wow. That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> well, Link's Awakening, we got the, the remake for Switch. You know, Ocarina, the 3DS remake is, goodness, 12 years old now. Yeah, right. Even like between Worlds was 10 years ago. Jeez. Yeah. We need a new top-down Zelda, I think. Where would you, <laughs> for one? I miss yeah. that. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, I was looking at the last financial records and seeing what Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are selling. It's like, oh, is this the end for traditional Zelda? But, you know, if you compare it to those numbers... All Zelda games look bad, but yeah. you know, like let's just take Link Link Between Worlds. Like the the remake sold, I think, around seven million, which mm-hmm. is nothing to sneeze at. You know, prior to Breath of the Wild, those were great, great numbers. I mean, Ocarina mm. probably wasn't far off of that. So I think there's a market still, even if it's not as big. You know, that's still a yeah. huge number. So yeah, and Breath of the Wild was. What was it 30 plus million or something? Do we know what Tears of oh. the Kingdom was off the top of your head? It was pretty high for not being out very long. It was like in the yeah. teens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I it's uh, around 20 maybe, September. That was in September. So wow. then you got the holidays coming up. So that'll probably that'll, that'll increase. So mm, maybe even more if it gets uh, at the Game Awards to see what it yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, I mean, the Game Awards is obviously, you know, good timing or <laughs> relevant timing because it's the end of the year. And we are currently writing our own Game of the Year list, so we'll be having a show dedicated to that in the coming weeks as well. How are your lists going, guys? <laughs> it's hard. I'm finding it really hard. Yeah. I think Kirk's is the best because he got his in fairly quick. <laughs> oh, did you, Kirk? Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're very organized. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm at top nine. I, I need one more. The, the last one's the hardest. 
yeah, I've got a few kind of wild cards. I'm just trying to decide what to um what to do. Okay, Kirk has had to leave actually, so that's why he's not answering us. So uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I just saw his note. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but uh, well, I mean, we're reaching into the show anyway. So unless there's something else, Trev, that you want to add before we sign off, I was actually going to tell Kirk that uh, the Tron game on Switch is on sale. Oh, seriously? Really? Yeah, I wanted to. It was like a Tron. Is that identity? Uh, I had it open here on my phone. I closed it or identified. Yeah, uh, Tron identity. Yeah. Yeah. Is twenty percent off for a few more days anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's until the sixth of December. Twenty percent off. Yeah, I wonder if he's tried that. I have not. Have you? And there's no gotta be video game that I know of. So uh, score one for Tron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now he's now he's the best <laughs> costume designer. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yes, well, thank you, Tarep and Kirk. <laughs> Kirk will have to listen back and listen to my thanks. Um, thank you both for joining me this week, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. We love uh, we love what we do. We love talking about games, Nintendo games. We love your feedback or, uh, you know, comments, so let us know what you think. Um, if you leave us a question on YouTube, we will respond next week. And Ring that bell. Sure- Ring that bell. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you uh, like and subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss out on uh, notifications of our episodes that air every Monday. And also we have our gaming magazine, the Pure Nintendo magazine, that we put out every two months and we're working on our next issue right now. So if you'd like to subscribe and support us, please head over to patreon.com slash Nintendo. We would love your support. Um, thank you so much, Trev, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day weekend night whatever whatever time it is over there for you morning but, evening um, afternoon hey don't matter yeah. <laughs> but thank you listeners and we'll see you again next week until then game one everybody bye see ya